St. Mark, the third chapter, and I'm not going to read all the verses that I read before, but St. Mark, the third chapter, I think if I just read verses 24 and 25, that should give us the just of uh, what we want to talk about here, amen, today. You will find written these words. It just simply says, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you all just for a few moments or as the spirit leads here today from the subject matter. Let's talk about house divided putting the pieces back together, house divided, putting the pieces back together, house divided, putting the pieces back together. I want to start off by saying that uh, in 19, uh, in 1858, rather, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln. He chose uh, this Bible text as the foundation for his platform. The fact of the matter is he knew that it would be familiar to nearly all voters. So in his speech, which is entitled A House Divided, he stated, and I quote, he said, I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect it will cease to be divided. And then he says it will become all one thing or all the other. Why need you to understand that before Abraham Lincoln's great speech From the beginning of his ministry, as told by St. Mark, Jesus has been dealing with divided houses and kingdoms. He has cast out demons, healed Peter's mother-in-law, cleansed a leopard, and caused a paralytic to walk. The houses and kingdoms of these people are divided. And so the and so the text says that the strong man has invaded their homes. Their lives are not their own. Uh, they live with inner conflict and uh, turmoil. They have been separated from their community and all that gave them security and uh, identity. And so their outer conditions of illness, paralysis, and possession point to the inner conflict, the battle between health and disease, not just physically, but more importantly, spiritually. You have to understand that that battle and interior conflict Uh, has been around since Adam and Eve separated themselves from God and hid 
amongst the trees of the garden. It is seen in Israel wanting a king so it can be like all the other nations, forgetting that it has a unique calling, that it is to be different from other nations, that it is through Israel, the people of God, that God will act for the benefit of all people. And so this division and inner conflict are a reality of today's world and even our lives. I think you would have to agree with me that a marriage divided is a divorce. A nation divided results in spiteful politics and in the extreme civil war. An economy divided yields poverty and injustice. A community divided becomes uh, individualism and tribalism, prejudice and uh, violence. Humanity divided is all these things uh, on a global level. Did you not know that when your faith is divided, I need you to know that faith divided is uh, sin. You know, we all know, we all know whether or not we want to admit it or not. We all know what it is like to live divided lives. You know, you know, come on, walk with me. You know, you know those times when your outside and your insides do not match up. Come on here, that 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 is what it means to be a house divided. Know ye not that your body is the temple, it's a dwelling place. It is a house in which the Holy Spirit dwells in. Paul picks it up later on and Paul says that if this house of this earthly tabernacle shall be dissolved, then he lets us know that we have another building. And so when those times when our outside and our insides does not match up, we need to understand that it simply means uh, that the house is divided. Listen, you are one person at work, another person at home. You're at one way with certain people and a different way with other people. Life gets divided into pieces. I didn't say you wasn't saved. I didn't say that you did not know God. I did not say that your faith was not strong. But I did say that life gets divided into pieces. Behavior, beliefs, and ethics become situational. There is the work life. Then we have the family life. How about the prayer life? How about our personal life? What about our social life? You know, pretty soon when we try to jiggle all of these lives, we put a new name of wearing new hats or changing hats. I come to tell you what it is. It's simply we're living all of these lives. And pretty soon we are left with a bunch of pieces. It seems, it seems, it seems that we are forever trying to put the pieces of our lives together. And that is why the crowd has gathered here in our text around Jesus. That is why the religious authorities 
oppose him. That is why his family tries to restrain him in their own way. Each is trying to put the pieces of their life together. But when you look at it, it's simply not working. Fact of the matter is the pieces, they just will not fit. And you know what? They have been found out. Their life and their world are neither what they thought they were, nor what Jesus knows they could be. And you know what? One reality has fallen and a new one is ready to rise. And so Jesus, thank God for Jesus. Somebody ought to say, thank God for Jesus, because Jesus always standing before us as the image of unity. He stands before us as wholeness. Listen, he is the stronger one. He does for us that which we cannot do for ourselves. And you know what he comes along and he does? He put our lives and houses back in order. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. You see, Jesus, he offers, he offers a different image of what life might look like. He does so by revealing the division in our lives, the houses that cannot stand, and the crumbling of our kingdom. I need God, I need y'all to know God will reveal that to us. That when we think we got it all going on, come on here and we're a bag of chip with peppermint for our breath. God has a way of coming along and revealing to us the division in our own lives. And even when it is for our own good, with the offer of new life, and intended for wholeness. That's a hard place to be. Come on, can I have somebody that'll be transparent with me? We know that God wants us to experience new life. He wants us to experience wholeness. But when God reveals to us the brokenness and the division in our life, that's a hard place. It's a hard place to be. It means that one way or another, change of some sort is getting ready to come. And most of us, if we would be honest, it becomes frightening to us because we simply don't like change. You know, when we had to, when we went into this pandemic, things had to change. Some became frustrated. Some began to worry and wonder, God, what am I going to do? We've been in this situation for over a year now. And now that they're saying it's time for us to come back out. Now you have frustrations. Now some of y'all are worried about now coming out. Let me tell y'all something. Change is a hard place to be. But guess what? I need y'all to know something. He comes to bring us new life. And Jesus comes to bring us wholeness. Listen what they said. When you look at the text, he said, they said he has gone out of his mind. In other words, this man has lost his mind. Uh, the religious authorities accused him of allegiance to Bezebub, 
the ruler of demons. They project onto Jesus their own interior conflict and division. They have declared that which is holy, sacred, and beautiful to be unclean and dirty and of God. But did you not know that their accusations say more about themselves than it does Jesus? Their accusation reveal the depth of the conflict and division within them. Their accusations are a way of avoiding themselves. Have you ever noticed, folk? Put the tension on everybody else. Ah, oh, y'all ain't walking with me. They know everybody else's business. They know everybody else's tea. That's what we call it. And they put a little sugar in it. And the reason they want to keep the other person name constantly out there is because they don't. All they're trying to do is avoid, they're trying to avoid themselves. They're trying to avoid the conflict and the division that's in their own house. And I'm not talking about the street you live on. I'm talking about this house right here. It's hard to look at the division and inner conflict within our lives. The beginning of wholeness, however, is acknowledging our brokenness. I'm going to say it again. You can never be made whole until we recognize and admit our brokenness, until we put our egos aside, until we put our pride aside, until we stand naked before God and let God know that without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I will fail. Without you, I would be drifted like a ship without a sail. It's not until we find ourselves broken that that's the time yeah, that he comes along and he makes us whole. Somebody, you feel like today, oh, the old rhyme, Humpty Dumpty. You know the kid story. He sat on the wall Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and all the king horses and all the king men, they could not put Humpty back together again. And you may have, you may feel here today that you've fallen off the wall and you've tried everything that you could. And it seemed like nobody can put you back together again. But Jesus is having me tell you here today that he comes to put us back together, back together again. It's not until we acknowledge our brokenness that God can bring us wholeness. Where is our own house divided? How and to what extent have we created conflict and division within our relationships? In what ways do we live fragmented lives, distributing out pieces here and there. How many of y'all know whenever you live a fragmented life, you, you send out little pieces. And how many of y'all know little pieces can be damaging? Have you ever rode on the freeway and the rocks that get stuck in the tire and, 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 and the car in front of you, it'll spin that rock out. And all of a sudden, the only thing you hear is a ding, my God, on your windshield. 
You don't see the effect of that little ding, but just keep on driving. After a while, you'll say, wait a minute, my windshield got a little crack in it. Keep on driving it without getting it fixed. Eventually that crack will start going up or it'll start going down or it'll start going sideways. It was just a ding from a fragmented rock that was on the freeway. That's how we affect other people's lives. When we are fragmented, we say something we don't have no business saying. I feel like preaching here now, and we don't know the damage that it does. May not do no damage when you say it. Might not do it in two weeks or four weeks. But eventually, the crack begins to spread. And we wonder why people act the way that they act. But I come here to tell you, when our lives are fragmented, we start distributing our pieces here, there, and everywhere. We, we spread it in our homes. We take it on our jobs. We bring it to Bible study with us. Oh, why? Because our lives have been fragmented. What is it? What is it? What is it today that shatters your life? Is it anger and resentment? Is it greed? Is it insecurity? Is it perfectionalism? Is it sorrow and loss? How about fear? Is it envy? Is it guilt that have you today? Is it loneliness? There are all sorts of forces, things, events, sometimes even people by which our lives are broken and through which we are separated from God, others and ourselves. But I've come to tell you in my closing, I'm finished, but I've come here to tell you ah, that Christ is stronger than anything that fragments your life. I've come to tell you that he binds the forces that try to divide. He heals the wounds that will separate. He refashioned pieces into a new wholeness. There's nothing about your life. There's nothing about my life that cannot be put back together again by the love of God. Tremaine Hawkins, close my message for me today. Tremaine Hawkins sings a song. She said, in case you have fallen by the wayside of life, dreams and visions shattered, you're all broken inside. You don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. The powder wants to put you back together again. She says, oh, the powder, he wants to put you back together again. And then she says that in case your situation have turned upside down and all that you've accomplished is now on the ground, she said, you don't have to stay in the shape that you're in. Why? Because the potter wants to put you back together again. She said, you who are broken, stop by the potter's house. If you're broken here today, if your life is divided, if you're fragmented, stop by the potter's house. She, she said, you who need mending, stop by the potter's house. Give him the fragments of your broken life. He said, the potter wants 
She said, the potter wants to put you back together again. Because Jesus himself says that a house that's divided against itself, it cannot stand. But thanks be to God, God can take all of our frustrations, all of our confusion, all of our mishaps, all of our fears, and he can put us back together again. Somebody, you've been broken. Hallelujah. Somebody, you've been cast aside, but I stopped by here to bring you the good news. Wholeness become, begins when we are broken. Uh, the, the great fragrance did not come out of the alabaster box until it was broken. Sometimes God's got to break us. God's got to break us. I said, God must break us. But the good news, he'll put the pieces back together again. Every eye closed. I'm finished. Every head bow. Nobody looking around. I told you I was going to be brief. I told you. But I, you get the gist of it. You get the gist of it. That the potter, he wants to put you back together again. Somebody, you may be broken here today. You may be going through some things. But I just stop by here to tell you that he wants to put you back together again.